0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Good morning and welcome to Better Part 2. Let me ask you a question. Is normal working for you? Are you okay with a normal life or do you want to have a better life than you have Right now, we're in a series called Better, and the goal of this series is to show that God's ways are better. The Word of God says that His ways are higher than our ways, and the beauty of the Bible is we have God's heart and His wisdom, and we can tap into that and see how He does things and how He instructs us to live our lives in His ways are better. So today, we're going to take a look at a verse in the book of Proverbs to see if we can find some wisdom on how to live a better life. You ready for this verse? This is a very amazing verse. Okay, your your mind's about to get blown right now. You ready? Let's read it. Better a dish of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Is your mind blown right now or what? (laughs) Basically, Solomon's saying that a dish of vegetables is not very exciting. But if it's served with love, peace, and you consume it in rest, it's better than that 26 ounce cowboy ribeye with zip sauce (laughs) in a hostile and hatred environment. Some of you are kind of going, I don't know if that's true. I I don't know if I'm buying into that. Veggies, meat, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm having a hard time these days trying to figure out what's healthy to eat and what's not. Does anyone understand the pain that I'm in? I'm a person who really does want to eat healthier, but it's not easy. And it's not because I'm undisciplined or I have a sweet tooth or I can't say no to a french fry. It's because I really don't know what's healthy anymore. I'm confused by it. There's so many differing opinions out there on what's good for you and what's not. And I was growing up in the 80s and the 90s, and when I was growing up, we had something called the four basic food groups. Everyone, anyone remember this? Can we show the pyramid of the four basic food groups? There they are right there. Six to 11 servings on the bottom of bread, cereal, rice, and pasta was recommended. Can we go back to that? Come on. <laughs> that was when life was good. Two to four servings of fruit, three to five servings of veggies, two to three servings of dairy, and two to three servings of meat, poultry, fish, or some good fats. That was a well-rounded, well-balanced diet back in the 80s and 90s. Well, that's gone today. If, we, if you're following any kind of health recommendations, uh, it's totally different now. In fact, when I was growing up, breakfast was the most important meal of the day. Right. Remember, you broke the fast. That's breakfast. That's what it means. And you you got to eat within 15 to 30 minutes of waking up to kickstart that metabolism so you have you know, y- your fuel for the day. Now, it's all about intermittent fasting. <laughs> you don't want to eat when you get up. It's not good for you. In fact, you want to eat between the hours of 12 and 8 (laughs) p.m. Then give your body eight from 8 p.m. that night to 12 p.m. the next day to digest because your body, it's better if it's not working so hard for your gut health to digest. So it's all about intermittent fasting now. You don't want to eat when you get up. But when I was a kid, diets were all about low fat. You remember that craze? Everything you saw was low fat. It could be a bottle of water. And it would say low fat on it just because they were trying to convince you we need low fat in our diet. You could have all the toast you wanted, but just don't eat the fat. Now you want the fat. (laughs) The fat's good for you. Carbs are the enemy. You can have all the healthy fat that you want, but don't eat that whole wheat toast, that brown rice. Don't do it anymore. When I was younger, if you wanted to be healthy, you ordered an egg white omelet, right? Because all the fat was in the yolk and the white part had the protein. That's what you wanted. You didn't want the high cholesterol that was in the, the yolk. You just wanted to eat the white around the yolk. Now, they're telling us, the white around the yolk is inflammatory, so you just want to eat the fat in the middle of the egg, the yellow part. Start your day. That's a good fat. That's good. That's what you want to do. Anyone else getting a little confused by all that? In fact, you want to start your morning off with fat. Do you remember when butter, it was like, can't have butter anymore? Margarine. Everyone switched to margarine. Now, we're putting butter in our coffees in the morning. (laughs) Bulletproof coffee, start your day. Get that good fat in you, burn that instead of the carbs. Just crazy how things are changing. When I was a kid, bacon was the enemy. Bacon was terrible for you. I mean, it was high in fat and cholesterol, clogged your arteries, and it came from a pig. I mean, pigs are the most dirty creatures in the world, full of toxins. They don't sweat. And then you eat bacon with that fat and you get all their toxins in your system. Pigs were the worst. Now, you can have bacon. As long as it's grass-fed and organic, you're fine. (laughs) Eat as much as you want. It doesn't clog your arteries anymore. It's the sugar and the carbs that clog your arteries. Stay away from those. And the fruit The fruit will clog your arteries now. (laughs) Can't eat fruit anymore. Fruit's bad. That whole slogan, apple a day keeps the doctor away, not anymore. (laughs) Eating an apple, hey, do you know that's going to spike your blood sugar? I was eating a banana the other day and someone said to me, You might as well be drinking a Pepsi. Really? (laughs) I'm confused you've got so many camps now. You've got so many fad diets. You've got the keto diet, the paleo diet, the hallelujah diet, <laughs> the AIP, raw, vegan, vegan, vegetarian. There's so many different, pegan, I think I heard the other day. Not sure what that is. And every one of them has success stories. Everyone claims, if you follow this one, you'll rid your body of disease, there's so many success stories, you can overcome sickness, disease, you overcome everything. Every one of them claims that if you devote your life to this one, you'll be healthier. How can that be true? They're all different. So I'm a little confused. I mean, on the keto diet, you want no carbs or fruit, but eat the good high fats, meat, veggies you can handle. On the paleo, you want to eat what people ate before there were farms. When we started processing food, you're going to eat that. On the vegetarian, it's the animals that are the culprit. Okay? Eat the veggies, the carbs, it's fine. Animal, anything with animal is bad. That's what gives you disease. Vegan, and then, and then you got raw vegan is, you know, you can't cook the veggies. You can't cook the veggies because the nutrients go out of them. You ever wonder about that? Is there a spot in our homes with just a bunch of nutrients hanging out? They are cooked out of the food because we heated them up. And somewhere in our homes, when we go to bed at night, those nutrients are having a party somewhere doing something. Like Toy Story, they're doing something. Where are they? Where did they go? I'm confused about this. But it begs the question, if we're this confused about our physical health, are we also a little bit confused about what's good for our emotional health? Now I'm talking about our mind and our soul and our will. You see, we have a yearly physical to check in on how we're doing physically, we can do blood work, we can look at different things, but how many times do we check in on how we're doing emotionally? Let me ask you this controversial question. Let me pose this. What if what we eat wasn't as important about how we feel about what we eat? Think about that for a minute. Not saying that's true, I'm just posing a question. And that's really what the scripture is talking about. The scripture is not talking about should I become a vegetarian or go keto? It's not, that's not what we're saying. The scripture is saying, Better a dish of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. It's about the environment that you're in emotionally. You see, in biblical terms, a fattened calf, when you you refer to this a fattened calf in biblical terms, it's not just food they're talking about. They're talking about a celebratory feast in honor of a person. In fact, in the prodigal son story, what happened when the prodigal son came home? Dad said, hey, let's get a fattened calf. Let's put a ring on his finger. Let's put a robe on him. We are going to honor with a celebratory feast. So when you see this fattened calf in this scripture, better as a dish of vegetables than a fattened calf with hatred, the fattened calf represents more than just food. It represents celebrating and honoring you. And the vegetables represent poverty and a lack of recognition. So when you put it all together, what you're seeing is what we eat is not as important as the environment in which we eat. This verse is saying our emotional health matters. It's better to be restful and peaceful and loving and in a joyful environment than to be in a stressful, angry, hostile, hate-filled environment. Those two things are huge. You have negative emotions versus positive emotions. And if you're honest with yourself, how much time do you spend in a negative state of emotions versus a positive one? And could this be the problem with our physical health sometimes, our emotional health, is we are constantly in a pattern of negativity, hostility, anger, hatred, worry, and very less often are we in an environment of love and joy and peace. And this is very, very important to our health. And I believe stress and hostility are doing more damage than the physical Uh, foods that we eat. I really do believe that. In fact, researchers believe this. Stressed out people have a higher risk of heart problems and high blood pressure. Stress causes higher levels of the hormone cortisol. And that seems to increase the amount of fat in our bellies. So you eat vegetables and I'll just try to work on my stress level. (laughs) Try to see which one goes. Stress is considered one of the most common triggers for headaches and migraines. It's probably no surprise that chronic stress is connected with higher rates of anxiety and depression. Stress is also a common factor in many GI and digestive issues that we have. Stress also can accelerate the aging process and make you look nine to 17 years older than you are. And if you don't believe me, look at a few of these pictures of these guys before they went into office. And then after, more than eight years of aging there, more than eight years of aging there, more than eight years of aging there. That's what stress will do to us. And God wants us to have a better life than being stressed out all the time. And the truth is there's a lot of hostility in the world today. And if you really look deep inside yourself at your own emotions, I think you would be surprised at how unhealthy we all can be at times. We think we're a little bit positive. We think we're not angry. We think we don't have hate in our hearts. But then those triggers come, and all of a sudden it rises up. Well, where does it come from? It comes because we have shoved it down for so long, but it's there. And this verse that we're talking about is really working on the love and the peace and the joy side of our emotions, the positive side, and trying not to stay in those negative, hateful environments on the other side and mindsets. See, God wants a better life than us being stressed out, running around and busy all the time. That's the American way. That's not God's way. So what I want to do is I want to give you three ingredients this morning for better emotional health. Three ways we can lean towards the positive side of emotions instead of the negative. Number one, first ingredient, is rest. Rest. Everyone say that. Rest. Do we know what this means anymore? Rest. I want to show you something in the book of Genesis in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 through 9, the word of God says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and then he put the man, that's where he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. So God creates us. He creates humanity. He creates a person. Where does he put this person? Because this is very important when you think about what God really desires for us. He could have put us anywhere on the planet. What did he do? He put us in the Garden of Eden, a beautiful place. Nature, trees, water flowing animals, wildlife. It was just beautiful. That's where God put the original human soul. People refer to it as paradise. I think God's sending us a message here. I think God wants more than we want to believe that he wants us to rest. Rest that he wants us to relax, that he wants us to enjoy his creation and enjoy life and have peace. But if you were to ask people what God wants from us, you would get a very different answer. He wants us to work. He wants us to just kill ourselves all the time. He wants us to be busy. He wants us to follow rules and commandments and be on our best behavior. That's what God wants. And people are constantly thinking they don't measure up in God's eyes. They don't do enough. He's probably mad at me. He's not really, I'm not really where I need to be. I'm not making the best decisions. But what if we changed our mindset on this? What if we really believed that God wanted us to rest and to enjoy life? To have good friends and good food and just rest for a season. Is it crazy to think that God wants his people to rest, like one of the main things he wants us to do? Could it be that Christians do the opposite of what God wants most of the time? Because we're thinking that this is what he wants and we strive and we strive and we're busy and we're busy and we just never rest. Could he be more pleased with us when we're resting than when we're striving? 1 Thessalonians 4:11 says this it's not behind me Paul says this he says make it your ambition to lead a quiet life what make it your ambition to lead a quiet life you should mind your own business and work with your hands 1 Thessalonians 4:11 that's not our ambition to live a quiet life That's the opposite of what we do. We are, it's hustle. We need to go after it. We need to work. But he's saying, hey, sometimes make it your ambition. Now, ambition is a powerful word. When we're ambitious, we don't think of living a quiet life. But this is what he's telling us to do. How many of you have kids or grandkids under the age of 10? Let me ask you a question. When do you feel most at peace? And when are you the most happy for them? When they're running around fighting stressed, biting each other, fighting, doing whatever, and the house is loud and crazy, or when they're just sitting there together, playing together, restful, Smiles on their faces, laughing, enjoying each other's company. When is you a parent or grandparent, and or uncle? When do you feel the best for them? Is it possible that God looks down at us and goes, oh my goodness, they're running around. They're stressful, they're yelling, they're fighting with each other. They're angry, they're hostile. I wish they would just rest just give us a moment. See, rest is what God wants for us, but the enemy of our souls has convinced us that busyness is worthiness, and it's not. That is a lie. If we find our worth in what we do or in being busy instead of who we are, we will have problems in life because we're operating from an insecure and unhealthy emotional place that will lead to burnout and a lack of positivity in your life. Busyness is not worthiness. If you think that I'm crazy by saying God wants rest, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 11, 29. Come to me, all you are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. What is he going to give us? Because we need it. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for what? Your soul. Our souls and our minds need rest. And let me clarify I'm not talking about sitting around and binge watching Netflix for 15 hours a day and quitting your job. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about here, okay? In fact, when God put Adam in the, in the garden, he gave him a job. He said, you're to work and keep the garden. This was before he sinned and fell and they put him outside of the garden. In the garden, God said, your job is to take care of this place. So no one's saying don't work, quit your jobs, we shouldn't do anything. Responsibility actually is a part of rest. When we do something that brings fulfillment to our lives, We feel good and our our souls do rest. Let me ask you a question. You ever had a really good day at work where you came home and you knew that was just a great day at work. I felt like I really accomplished a lot. What happened? You were at rest. So this is not about not working because physical rest and mental rest are very different. If you have physical labor, like if you have a physical labor job where you get up, and you work all day in manual labor, you will come home physically tired at the end of the night. But if you go to a job where your main job is mental stress, you won't come home mentally tired. You'll come home mentally wired. Physical stress makes you tired. Mental stress makes you wired. And we have a lot of people wired. We don't give our minds a chance to rest. True. Think about it. From the time you get up, you get in the shower. Sometimes I wash my hair three times because I don't remember if I did it or not. <laughs> Anyone else have that? Like uh, My mind is so far away. I'm like, did I wash my hair yet? <laughs> and then you get in your car. How many people have gotten in your car and come to work, gone to work or church or somewhere and you don't know how you got there? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm here. I don't even remember how I got here. Why? Your mind was racing. It was a million miles away. No rest for the mind. That's why staying in the present and observing things around you is a really good exercise. Because our minds need a break. They really do. I have this Apple Watch and every once in a while during my day, it'll tell me to breathe. <laughs> Anyone else have a watch? that tells you to breathe. And I ignored this for a long time. Like, thank you, I'm breathing. Um, and I don't know if Apple, it's just everybody gets the notification at the same time or if they can pick up that like your watch, your heart beats a little fast, hey, you need to, you need to breathe a little. But I decided one day to do it all right, I'm gonna gonna listen to my Apple Watch here. And I hit the button, and what it did is it made me take one minute, a whole minute, 60 seconds, and just focus on breathing. Inhaling and exhaling makes you inhale, exhale. Inhale exhale. That's all you do. You're not supposed to think about anything but inhaling and exhaling for one minute. Do you know how long that minute was the first time I did it? It seemed like an eternity. But something happened after that one minute. I felt relaxed. I couldn't believe that one minute of breathing and giving my mind a break actually made me feel restful. So I started doing it every time the Apple Watch would tell me to. Two, three times a day, I would, yes, it's telling me to breathe. I'm going to do it. And I found myself having a mental break for more periods of time. Then I started doing it for two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. And I'm telling you, there's something that happens when we do what actually the Bible tells us to do, like be still and know that I am God. Meditate on God's word and on his ways. Renew your mind. There are so many things in there that tells us to do these things, but we don't do it. I went on a bike ride on the Clinton River Trail. And it was gonna be an hour bike ride. This was about a month ago when we had a nice day in October. And I'm like, I'm gonna go for a bike ride for one hour but what I'm going to try to do is I'm not going to plug in. Normally, if I go to the gym or if I go on a bike ride or if I do anything, I got my Apple phone and I got my, my iPod or my iPod, earbuds. That's the word I'm looking for. got my earbuds and I'm ready. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm learning something. But I decided this one time, I was going to go for a one-hour bike ride and I wasn't going to bring my headphones. It's crazy. Craziness. And you know what I found? I actually really enjoyed that bike ride. I noticed things I'd never noticed before. The birds were chirping. The leaves were so colorful. The water, I could hear the water. I could hear the squirrels. And I just talked to God for an hour on that bike ride. And I'm telling you, I felt so connected to God after that bike ride. I felt so much at peace. I felt like my mind had a break. You see, our minds and our souls need to be emotionally healthy, and it comes when we rest physically and when we rest emotionally. The second ingredient is healthy relationships. This is really important. Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. And we know that this verse is talking about marriage, but I I also believe that God wants us to have meaningful relationships. It's not good for us to do a life alone. Even if you're married as a couple, it's good to have other friendships and meaningful relationships in your life. And the older we get, it seems the harder it is to maintain healthy friendships because we're all busy. We're too busy. We want to get together, we want to do life together, we want to live in community, we want to make our small group a priority, but we're too busy. We got too much going on. But we need to slow down. You know, my sister-in-law just got back from a trip to Europe, and she told us that in Europe, there's no coffee shops that allow you to take coffee to go doesn't exist in Europe. You can't run into a coffee shop and say, hey, I want a coffee to go. They're like, no, here's a real glass, here's a real mug, put the coffee and go sit down and enjoy your coffee. You got to stay in the cafe and finish your coffee. And most of the time you're doing it around friendships and around conversation. You know how different that is from our way? Most of the time, the American way, we're driving into that Starbucks or that Tim Hortons parking lot on two wheels. We pull into that drive-through, we're five cars deep and we're looking inside to see if it's faster to go inside or to stay in the line, right? And then we decide, let's stay in the line because that's less human interaction. So let's just stay in our car. We get through the drive-through and now we're seven minutes behind schedule. We drink that coffee as fast as we can while we're stressed and anxious because we're late to our next appointment or work. That's the difference. That's not healthy. That's not the way that God wants us to live. We need to slow down and enjoy relationships, carry each other's burdens, have good conversations, have fun, laugh over a good meal. That's what we need in life. We need to laugh at our life group. This last Friday, we just did a night of games for our young marrieds, and some of us, you know, we're in our thirties, forties, and we're doing these games like we are teenagers. We're playing these little minute-to-win-it games, and it seems like trivial. But one person said to me, "I can't remember having this much fun, laughing, having fun together." Normally, it's just the mundane routine. Monday I get up, I do this, I come home, Tuesday I get up, I do. We need fun. We need relationships. God wants us to have those. His word is filled with that. It's good for our emotional health. The third ingredient to better emotional health is to change your mindset. Change your mindset. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Have a positive mindset. Don't focus on all the things going wrong in life focus on these things. How hard is that for us to do? It's hard for me to do. But so many times we're thinking in a negative way and we get stuck in a negative mindset and we cannot break out and it just wreaks havoc on our emotional and physical health because we can't break out of a negative mindset. I've told you this story before, but I used to hate the Christmas season. I really did. If People go, Pastor Chris, how can you hate Christmas? Isn't it about the birth of Jesus? Yes, it is, but it's become so much more than that. I used to hate Christmas because of everything else around the Christmas season. Daylight savings time, it gets dark at 530. It gets cold around the Christmas season. You got to get your decorations up. You got to get everyone a Christmas shopping list. You're running around. You're planning. You're doing everything. It just seemed stressful to me. And it seemed like it became about everything except the birth of Christ. I hated it. But I had an epiphany Watching a Hallmark movie. No, just kidding. It wasn't watching a Hallmark movie. You will not have any epiphanies watching a Hallmark movie, I'll tell you that. What if we tried to enjoy something instead of just get through something? You hear people say this, I just got to get through tomorrow. I just got to get through the next week. I gotta get through this month. If I get through this month, I just gotta get through college, four years of my life gone. I just gotta get through to the next thing. When you're focused on getting through, you don't enjoy. And I know there's stressful seasons. But we've got to learn to enjoy in the busy because if we can't enjoy in the busy, we will never be able to enjoy in the peace. We've got to learn how. This week, I spoke twice. I led a life group. I launched a YouTube channel. It was a busy week. And in the past, I would have said something like, I just got to get through this week. But I made an effort this week to enjoy it. To enjoy what God was showing me in His word, to enjoy, to enjoy God and to enjoy this week. And when we change our mindset, everything else kind of goes with it. You know, every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. Let's not get through today. Let's not just get through the season, let's enjoy it, let's embrace it. I can tell you with all honesty, I love the Christmas season now, love it. Absolutely love it, look forward to it. I'm listening to Christmas music already, okay? I've watched a Hallmark movie or two already. I'm, I'm enjoying the season. I can't wait to get those decorations out and see what we have. I like the season. I love it. What changed? Not my circumstance. My mindset. Is it possible that no matter what your circumstances are, if you changed your mindset, your whole life could be different? Listen to this verse if you don't believe me. Romans twelve two, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does transformation come? Renewing of your mind. That's how transformation comes. Renewing our minds. Then you'll be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The pattern of this world is to stress, it's to get through, it's to try to figure everything out on our own, to not rely on God, to be busy and stressed out all the time, to run, 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 do, do, do. What's God saying? Listen, you want true transformation in your life? Renew your mind. Change your mind. When you change your mind, you can change how you feel about something. It's so important. We shouldn't want to eat healthy because we're afraid of something. We should want to run, run towards something, never away from something. That's the important thing. We want to run towards good health because we like how we feel and we want to live a healthy and active lifestyle, not because we're fearful of what not eating healthy will do to us. Do you see the difference in emotions, a positive one versus a negative one? These mindsets have to change, and I'm telling you, the way you think about something and the way you choose to believe about something can change us physically and emotionally. We work ourselves up with what-if scenarios all the time that maybe never will come true and it changes our bodies emotionally and physically. It creates pain in our bodies. We have gotta learn how to think differently about life. And if we could focus on the love and the peaceful and the joyful side of things, the positive things, we would live better lives. I know there's pain in this world. We did a whole series about it last month. I know some of you have some of the most excruciating, painfully hard circumstances you're facing right now. But I'm telling you, if you change your mindset You can have peace. You can have peace. We can be emotionally healthy. We can do this. That word mind is used 826 times in the Bible. The word mind or a word that mentions the state of our mind or our will. God's trying to tell us the mind is important. Our souls are important. It's always interesting to me, I like to read a lot of books in a year and I follow a lot of Christian authors and my wife was showing, she pointed out something to me, she said, look at the topics of these last four books that came out around the same time by these four Christian authors. I wanna show you uh, the titles of these. Rhythms of Renewal, Trading Stress, and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. Let's look at the next book. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive in the Chaos of the Modern World. Are you seeing a theme? The next one. When Less Becomes More, Making Space for Slow, Simple, and Good. And the last one. You can read it on your own. <laughs> Reclaiming your life in an overworked, overspent, overconnected world. Christian art, Christian author. Four. Four of them. Do you think God's trying to tell us something? Do you think he's trying to say and listen? You guys need some rest. You need to slow down. I want the best life for you. I want you to rest. I want you to enjoy life. I want you to enjoy the holidays, not get through them. I want you to enjoy life, not get through it. I want you to have healthy relationships and friendships. I want you to laugh and enjoy each other. I want you to have a positive mindset instead of a negative one because there's good things all around us that we can point to. So let me ask you this. Are you willing to do what it takes to have a better emotional health and outlook on life? Better a dish of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred? Are we willing to go towards this positive side of our emotions and create environments for ourselves and the people we care about most? to enjoy life and have love and peace. Can we run towards that instead of creating these hostile, stressful, angry environments and trying to navigate our lives through that on top of everything else going on in the world? Can we focus on the good things of God, the good things in our life? I want everyone to stand with me, please. We're just going to sing a closing song here. This song is all about the goodness of God, and I want to challenge you to do something as you sing this song. I want to challenge your mindset while you're singing this song. I want us to think about the good things in our lives. I want us to think about the areas God has come through for us time after time after time. I want us to think about the good and the positives and not worry about the negatives right now. Let's just take a few minutes to focus on that. Let's sing this song together. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.